0: Our help is in the name of the Lord. Psalm 124, verse 8. And so it is that we turn for help to these words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, from Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and in me you will find rest for your souls. Friends and family of Margaret Mike Abma, we are gathered here today because Margaret has received rest for her soul through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So grace to you, and may Christ's peace rest upon you from God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We gather here today, to witness to our faith, to praise God, and to give thanks for the life of Margaret. She will be dearly missed, whether we knew her as mom or stepmom, grandma or great-grandma, whether we knew her as a cousin, a friend, an encourager, a beloved patient at American House, or a jokester. So many relatives are here from different places today, which confirms what Margaret always testified is t- true, as she would always say, I've got in laws, outlaws, and bylaws. So we give thanks for each one here, and we'll leave it to you to determine which one you are. Today we share stories and cherished memories. We cherish the words of our faith. There is laughter and fondness, along with tears and heartache. And so it is today that we come together in grief, acknowledging our loss. May God grant us grace, that in pain we may find comfort. In the midst of sorrow, we may find hope. And in facing death, we may be reminded of resurrection. For in dying, Christ destroyed our death, and in rising again, Christ restores our life. In baptism, years ago, Margaret was sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. Let's pray together. God, our comfort, you are our refuge and strength, a helper close at hand in times of trouble. You forgive what we have done and what we have left undone. For your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting, and your faithfulness is great. Help us to hear the words of our faith today, that our fear may be dispelled, our loneliness eased, and our hope reawakened and rekindled. May your Holy Spirit lift us up in the times of grief to the peace and light of your constant love, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This morning we're going to sing a few of Margaret's favorite hymns, and one is a testimony of our faith, Great is Thy Faithfulness. It's number 39 in your hymn books. We invite you to remain seated as we sing all three verses of Great is Thy Faithfulness, number 39. To invite Julie Bootsma forward to share on behalf of the family.
1: Thank you for all coming today, as we enjoyed this Michigan weather. My name is Julie, and for most of you who most of you know me, some of you don't, I was one of Margaret's many grandchildren. It never really occurred to me that I'd be up here talking about my grandma instead of talking with her. And here I am. Our grandma has had a very special place in everyone's heart. She was one who would provide us with wisdom, unconditional love, care and comfort, and a place where you could go and just be you. Now, she would sit and listen to you, but you would definitely get her words of wisdom, sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes you just didn't want to hear it. But she was always known for her one-liners, as Stephen said. I have in-laws, outlaws, and bylaws. When she was mad, you'd hear her say, shoot a pickle. Sometimes she'd tell you to read between the lines, <laughs> or that's not Christian. And it gotta love, if you're not Dutch, you're not much. She told me often when I talked to her about the busyness of life and marriage and all that, and she would definitely inform me, if you keep them happy at home, they won't roam. And to many of us grandchildren, and I heard her kids back in the day, nothing good happens after midnight. I spent a lot of time with Grandma in the past few weeks, and as I sat there one Sunday morning hanging on to her hand while she was sleeping, I came up with two words that fit her perfectly. The first one is grit. If you look it up in the dictionary, it says courage, strength of character, toughness, perseverance, guts, and spunk. And that lady had some spunk. One of her many favorite caretakers at American House said to us that Grandma had a hard life of losses. Her mom died by the age of 11, Her dad two husbands two brothers four years ago she lost her oldest daughter and not too long ago she lost her son and those last two really broke her heart during many times we talked about life and how God never gives us more than we can handle and it broke my heart because sometimes she asked why we never came up with a good answer And we never know God's purpose. And Grandma would fall back on her Christian belief that God would see her through, and he did. And she would tell me that she was glad he blessed her with big shoulders. Grit, strength of character, toughness. The second word that describes Grandma is selfless. And the definition for selfless is concerned more with the needs and the wishes of others than your own. While I was growing up, I got to spend a lot of time at Willow Park with Grandma and Grandpa, and I enjoyed playing in their office. I loved rent day. It didn't matter where I was in that house, if that doorbell rang, I I wanted to be the one to buzz them in. And I remember a particular day when a tenant came in, and he gave Grandma this whole story on how he couldn't afford his lot rent. Grandma didn't really bat an eye. She told him she would cover what he couldn't, so then he didn't have to pay the late fees and she just told him to come in next week when he had a little extra money and he could afford to pay the rest. Grandma was always willing to help others, whether it was borrowing her children or grandchildren money. If we needed something, she was on it, whether it was trying to find it on sale, going to a thrift store, or garage sailing. And that lady did not quit until she found what we needed. Grandma didn't really want for much. For herself, she usually shopped at Goodwill, garage sales, and some of us know she liked to dumpster dive. She has found a few things from that dumpster, whether it was a new shirt or pants, and we'd ask her where she got it from, and she'd just respond with, I got it from Macy's. It didn't take much to make her happy, whether it was a phone call, a visit, a hand of cards. She always liked hugs and kisses when you said goodbye, She was always quick to remind you she lived at 2943 Windswept Court, if she hadn't seen you for a while. She loved going to Mario's. She always had coupons for Russes. She loved going to any and every ball game. She was one of our biggest fans. She loved mailing cards, especially birthday cards, and you could always expect on your birthday, midday, Grandma was calling, and she was singing Happy Birthday." I've had the privilege for the past 19 years to keep my grandma beautiful from head to toes, and she always joked that I was making her high maintenance. Usually I told her, hey, someone had to be, but she really truly did deserve it. She was my every Thursday appointment at 12 when I worked at the salon, but for the past seven years, I went wherever she was. She became my Friday mornings and my lunch dates too. In those times we talked about anything and everything, We tried to solve the world's problems. She said it takes all kinds to make this world turn. And I usually came back, well, if they'd be perfect like us, there won't be that many problems. We even had our own little book club, and she was so good about it. She'd read stuff I'd give her. Some of it I didn't realize it wasn't maybe appropriate for her until I started reading it. And she would tell me how awful it was or that the author had strong language. But she was such a good sport, we'd move on. Once when I went to her house to do her hair, she gave me this book and it was some old Western romance. And she told me to get it out of her house because if someone saw that, if something happened to her, she didn't want to know what they would think. Our families like branches on trees. We grow in different directions, but yet our roots remain the same. We all have a little grandma in us. Whether we like to save a buck, or we're looking for a good deal, or we're trying to help others, or giving to those in need, some of us have our strong competitive side, while others of you have her loser attitude, or her poor loser attitude, never likes to lose. But I definitely know someone who has her caring and selfless side, and that's my mom. My mom has been to American House every day for the past two years, doing Grandma's laundry, setting out her clothes every day, making sure Grandma had everything she needed. Trying to take care of everything wasn't easy. Grandma could be a little snippy sometimes to Mom. One Grandparents' Day not too long ago, we were there on a Sunday, ooh, and Grandma was in a funk. We wheeled her around to all the different games and activities and we tried to make the best of it. And by the end of the day, I pushed her back to her room in her wheelchair and we were all giving her hugs and kisses. She still was kind of a little funky. And she turned to me and said, oh honey, thank you for pushing me around. I know your mom's too out of shape to do it. Oh, and did I see smoke coming out of Brenda's ears. A short time later, Mom found out she needed a new hip, which she got a hip replacement just over three weeks ago. But during those first two weeks, when she couldn't drive, I was on full-fledged grandma duty, dealing with hospice, dealing with her every needs. I set out her clothes. One day I forgot, and I went back, and she was in the same outfit, and she let me know I didn't set out her clothes. That's when I realized how much my mom did for my grandma. Amazing. Selfless. In the last few days, we've been blessed with stories from all of her caretakers at American House on how Grandma touched so many of their lives that we didn't even know. Some even came to visit her on her final days. Some didn't even work there, and they still came to her. She touched so many lives, and I don't think she knew. Grandma wouldn't want a big to-do for her funeral, I think she's just glad that we've come together as family and friends to celebrate her life because togetherness is what she always wanted and what she loved the most. And as I wrap it up, I found this poem, and I truly do believe it fits my grandma well. And as she watches from above, this is probably what she's thinking. A limb has fallen from our family tree. I keep hearing a voice that says, Grieve not for me. But remember the best times, the laughter and the song. The good life I lived while I was strong. Continue my heritage, I'm counting on all of you. Keep smiling, and surely that sun will shine through. My mind is at ease now, my soul is at rest. Remembering all how I was truly, truly blessed. Continue traditions, no matter how small. Go on with your life, and don't worry about a fall. I miss you all dearly, but keep up your chin until the day comes when we are all together again. Wow, we love you, Grandma. And for those of you that know the saying, as you left her every day, finish it for me. A bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. We love you, Grandma. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Julie. In hearing personal testimony with a beautiful touch and a reminder of who Margaret is, I also invite you to hear words of our faith today. Different scripture readings from the Old and New Testament that relate to Margaret's life and relate to where we are today as we grieve her passing. And the first words are familiar words from Psalm 23. Maybe an added layer of meaning today is when Sandy's health was declining, Sandy told me that I was not allowed to read Psalm 23 until after she had passed away. And we haven't read Psalm 23 very often, Margaret and I, and I think for the same reason. And so hear these familiar words from Psalm 23 today. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen. And as we sang Great is Thy Faithfulness just a moment ago, hear these words from Lamentations chapter 3, which is the passage that inspired the original hymn. But also before we get to the promises of God's faithfulness, we remember, as Julie shared as well, that Margaret did live a life of many losses, close to the heart. So hear these words from Lamentations chapter 3. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Waiting is not often our strong suit, especially if we live our life as a fixer, as Margaret did. And yet there are moments where we cannot fix, we cannot mend, and yet we are left to wait upon the Lord, to rely on our faith in those moments. They shape us and form us. And they remind us that great is your faithfulness, O God. From the Gospels, from John 14, Jesus shared these words of assurance to his disciples, and so hear them afresh today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so... Would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered him, saying, I am the way and the truth and the life No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Many different rooms that we stay in upon this earth. And yet ultimately, what we know now is that Margaret is with the Lord and with unveiled face has gotten to behold his glory and is worshiping with all the saints In light, reunited with those whom we shared relationships with here on this earth, but in the heavenly realm, it is simply all of us together worshiping God. And for the New Testament reading, hear these words from the opening of Philippians chapter 2, relating well to one of Julie's words, and perhaps this is the passage which taught and informed Margaret's heart and her life of faith of Christ's humility and selflessness. Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, Being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but looking to the interests of others. This is the foundation of selflessness that we find in Jesus Christ who gave up his own life on the cross dying for our sins and rising again for our forgiveness, for our salvation and for our assurance of eternal life. This time we're going to also remain seated and sing In Times Like These number 328 in the hymn book This is one of Margaret's favorite hymns as well. And pay attention well to the lyrics of the things that we need the most in times like these. That we need our Savior. That we need the hope contained in our scriptures. That we need the presence of Jesus. Number 328, we'll sing all three verses. (laughs) Julie mentioned, Margaret was always willing to give advice, and in some ways this hymn was written as advice from her to us. And so let's cling to our Savior, to the truths of the Bible, and to the solid rock that our anchor may hold this day as we wrestle with the reality of death and also as we comfort one another in a time of loss. For today's sermon, our scripture reading will come from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. This is the opening of the Apostles Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, both expressing the comfort that he experiences in Christ, and also the realities of suffering that have been faced. And so as we come together for the hearing of God's word from 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 11, let's pray together. Almighty God, illumine us now through your word, and illumine your word to us, so that hearing your promises, we may be comforted by the light and peace of your presence. Speak to us through your word, by the power of your Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, we pray. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we have ourselves received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, He has delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This passage leads us through words of comfort, being careful to note the source of our comfort is Jesus Christ, but then also in an honest moment expresses just how hard life has been. The way it's written in the scriptures is, we do not want you to be uninformed. Maybe another way we could say it is, let me be really clear on this. Make no mistake, we have experienced troubles and hardship at different times in margaret's life she has experienced great despair and we don't sidestep that or pretend that it was not difficult in any way shape or form we acknowledge that and even in reading second corinthians 1 we turn even closer towards where does our comfort our help and our strength come from it pushes us to go back to Jesus. That just as Paul expresses that indeed we had been pushed beyond our ability to endure. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God. Margaret was, as we said, a fixer. She wanted to fix all the problems that she could. To take control of the situations and in small ways, in big ways always behind the scenes and quietly. But we want to be able to fix things in this life. And when we can't, when we can't, we are pushed back to relying on God and remembering that in the same way that Margaret's motivation was to bring comfort and tranquility to others, this is the same comfort that Paul speaks of in Christ, that we receive comfort from Christ and through living with him. And then in so doing, we want to share that comfort with others. But it does not mean that there are not moments where we are pushed beyond our ability to endure. Certainly, it is said often, and can hold up as true, that life is not fair. And at different times, I've never heard Margaret say that specifically verbatim, but she has said, this is not fair. This is not the way it's supposed to be through the loss of loved ones, especially Sandy and Bill. This is not the way it is supposed to be. And we can fully recognize that we expect, even if we don't think about it, in in the depths of our souls, we can expect to attend our grandparents' funerals. We can expect, in right order, to eventually be at our parents' funerals. But it is out of order when a parent attends the funeral of their child. This pushes us beyond our ability to endure. This does bring us to despair. This is true suffering and loss. And yet we are reminded once again... From Lamentations, great is your faithfulness, O God. From 2 Corinthians, if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. Part of what gave Margaret her big shoulders, even though she did complain sometimes about outfits that made her shoulders too big, some of what gave her her big shoulders was the reality that she had suffered and experienced loss and had a heart of sympathy, empathy, and compassion for those who also experienced loss. And so I agree with Julie that there's not a good reason or explanation that we receive on this side of heaven. And yet God can use even our deepest loss, our deepest sufferings, to bring comfort to others, not through any magic words that make the pain go away or that make the losses any less, but the presence of being present with one another. And so it is that you all gather here today, you friends and family, outlaws, in-laws and by-laws, that we comfort one another. Life is not always fair. And yet that isn't the only thing that we take away from Margaret's life. There are times where life was not fair in other ways. I know Margaret did not like going to the hospital but you could tell what kind of mood she was in upon the first encounter once you walked into the hospital room. And on one occasion, on visiting her at Holland Hospital, I walked into the room, we said hello to each other, and she said, Pastor Stephen, this just isn't fair. I said, you know, Margaret, I'm sorry. I know you don't like being in the hospital, but I think it is for your good, it's for your benefit. She said, no, that's not what I mean. My heart doctor is a good-looking young man. And here I am stuck wearing this. <laughs> this isn't sexy, she said. And had I been a little quicker on my game, I might have said, Margaret, that's not very Christian of you. <laughs> Even in times of... of Suffering of frustration, of when our our bodies fail us, for they are temporary, and this brings us grief and annoyance, even then the spunk, the grit, would shine through with an impeccable sense of humor, with a catty one-liner, and with a smile mingled with the tears. Life is not always fair, but God is always good. Certainly, life is not always fair for those who were on the American House bus that would hear Margaret's continued chorus of On the Road Again every single time. (laughs) On the road again, indeed. And perhaps um, Willie Nelson wasn't talking about being on the American House bus, and maybe that's not what Margaret was singing about. But we know that the roads of life have many joys, many celebrations, and many hardships. We know that Margaret's road is complete in the way that there is no more suffering. As Revelation 21 tells us, there is no more death or mourning or crying or pain for Margaret, for that order of things has passed away as what is temporary and seen has faded to the edges, and that which is permanent and eternal and unseen to us is now hers in abundance." The road is no more. But on that road, there were many good times as well. Often, the refrain that Margaret would say in talking about her own children and her stepchildren, they've all been so good to me. They've all been so good to me. Cherish that refrain indeed. To know that Margaret's experiences of growing up and, and saying, sometimes the step ones don't like you as much, but her refrain was, they've all been so good to me. And friends from distance, your presence here today, driving through the weather of February to be here, reaffirms that Margaret was right, that you have been good to her. certainly the moments of suffering on our road, remind us to lean on God. And it might sharpen our prayers, even prayers of desperation, to say, God, show me a sign of your presence, show me a sign of your goodness, show me a sign of your faithfulness again. And then as Lamentations reminded us, we wait. We wait for that sign of God's presence, goodness, and faithfulness. But it's not just receiving the sign and reminder of God's love for us or the comfort that we know in Christ. It doesn't end there. It is transformed within us that we also may serve others as a sign of God's presence to work an act of God's goodness, to show a resolute presence of God's faithfulness. This we do in response to the ways in which God has been good to us. And we know that God is good. First and foremost, because at the cross, Jesus died for us. That our sins are no more. That if we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, and if we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord, the Bible reminds us that we will be saved. That we will partake in that comfort, in that freedom, in that hope and assurance that we need, especially in times like these. And so, friends, as we go from here this day, life will continue to be unfair at different times, and yet God will continue to be good. The road which we travel will have its celebrations, its cherishings of new life, weddings and baptisms, and it will also have its hard turns, in which we lean back on God again when our ability to endure is tested. Often, though, it is that reminder of the ways in which God has been good in the past that gives us the strength, the hope, the assurance, the perseverance to live into the future. As Margaret would say at American House, here's my menagerie, her wall of pictures, or if my kids came up in conversation, she would always ask, oh, you just might have a picture now. Of course, Margaret. The ways in which God has been good to us is the assurance and the perseverance that we have to go through the difficult times as well. Even when life does not seem fair, even when we can't make sense of the what or the why, yet God will, remember, will continue to be good, resolute, and, steadfast. and so it is that maybe we should be cautious not to ascribe too much meaning or to try to answer some of the whys that we don't seem to have good answers to. Because some folks made that same mistake with Jesus once in John chapter 9. In John 9, we're told, As, as he went along, he being Jesus with his disciples, As he went along, he saw a man who was blind from birth, And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus replied, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is the day, we must do the works of him who sent us. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And after saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. And so the man went and washed and came home seeing. Even the disciples wanted to ascribe some meaning to someone must have done something wrong. For this man to have born blind. We want to try to make sense of it. And so the disciples are asking Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents? Somebody must have done something wrong for him to deserve this. And yet Jesus, in that simple response, reminds us, this was not blame from anyone. This was not because someone did something wrong. This is so that the work of God might be put on display. Through this man and for all to see and for him to literally see when we experience loss we ask the question why but taking a cue from our savior jesus christ it is good and right for us to remember it is not to ascribe blame it is not because someone sinned that this happened to us and that we are not being punished but instead that Jesus reframes the whole conversation to say, the work of God will be on display through this man. We can share those testimonies around the funeral luncheon of Margaret. In the ways in which life was hard, and yet God was good. And in the ways in which, through Margaret, the work of God was on display. And as Jesus said, as long as it is day, meaning his presence, we must do the works of him who sent us. Night is coming and as margaret would say nothing good happens after midnight but this is the presence of christ within us so friends be the light of the world for the one who is the way the truth the truth the light and the life and in so doing share the peace and comfort of our lord and savior jesus christ with the world and today may it be enough that we also rest in the peace of christ knowing full well that Margaret is at full peace, is at worship with God in ways that we can scarcely imagine. And this is good news. Let us lean upon the Lord in all that we say, in all that we think, in all that we do, so that gracious favor may be granted in the answer of the prayers of many, says the Apostle Paul. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Eternal God, before whom all generations rise and pass away, we praise you for all your servants who have lived this life in faith and who now live eternally with you. Especially we thank you for your servant, Margaret, We praise you for the gift of her life, for all that was in her that was good and kind and faithful and generous. We thank you for the grace that you gave her, the sense of humor that you blessed her with, and the love for you that was kindled within her heart and that enabled her to serve you faithfully. We thank you, Lord, that for Margaret death has passed Pain has ended, her struggle and suffering is no more, but that she has now entered into the joy that you have prepared through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it is in Christ's name that we pray together the words that he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May it be well with our souls today, as we sing number 223, It Is Well With My Soul we'll sing all four verses we might invite you to remain seated number 223 Let's pray together. Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant Margaret. Acknowledge, we pray, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive her into the arms of your mercy and into the blessed rest of everlasting peace and into the glorious company of all the saints in light. Amen. Will you join me in affirming the words of our faith together through the Apostles' Creed? The words are printed on the inside cover of almost all of the hymn books in front of you, so just on the inside cover. Join me in these words together, paying special attention to what it is that we believe, especially to the closing of the Creed. Let's join together. and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Friends, ensure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we commend Margaret. We commit her body to the ground, this resting place, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But blessed are those who rest in the Lord, who will wait for that bright and glorious morning when his resurrection return shall come, and they shall be reawakened to the light of Christ, made imperishable. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, says the Spirit. For they have rest from their labors, and their works shall follow them. Revelation 14, 13. In just a moment, we'll dismiss to the funeral luncheon downstairs. We'll let the family be led out. And um, as we gather together, you'll make your way just straight down the stairs or the elevator on the side. Um, And the food is served at the center tables just straight out from here. But as we go from this place, as we remember and as we grieve, as we have tears, as we have stories to share, may we do all of this in ways that celebrate Margaret's life and honor, glorifies, and praises the God of hope and faith whom we worship today, tomorrow, and forever. So, as we go from this place, hear these words of blessing. Words for all of us and for Margaret, and the last words that I was able to share with her within an hour of her passing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you Christ's peace. Today, tomorrow, and forever.